a cartoon I wanna be the jam Your peanut butter too I wanna be the skin Of your favorite tattoo Just to be the man I never was to you Hello and welcome to season three of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Some Days by Andy Frasco and the UN. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Christian Olanowski. So Christian is from Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he was a four-time state place winner, winning a state title his senior year. In college, he wrestled for Michigan State and head coach Tom Minkle. Nowadays, Christian is the owner and head coach of River City Wrestling, which is an up-and-coming club located in Richmond, Virginia. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Christian Olanowski. Your wife's birthday was also around Christmas. Yeah, the 23rd. <laughs> so um, did you get her a birthday present and like have like a separate birthday present? um uh party for her specifically like or does she not care that it can merge with christmas so i i did get her a separate birthday present uh i wouldn't say i we had a party but i made her a nice dinner uh i'm i'm the the chef of the family so nice i i she my wife has celiac, so she can't eat gluten. So, like, I made her gluten-free chicken parm. So, that nice. was a, a lot of work. Yeah, so that was cool. Nice. Okay. I had um just recently I talked to somebody else who has his wife's birthday is, like, the day or two after Christmas. And she likes it separated. Like, he wrapped her birthday present with birthday wrapping paper, you know, and, like, made <laughs> it feel like it was her birthday, you know, to... Um, yeah sort of try to separate the two because you know growing up it's hard to have your birthday right there so yeah my wife is pretty low maintenance thankfully so she you know she's happy with whatever um she she always uh she always jokingly told her her family that she wanted to marry someone who could cook so i made her a good meal and she was she just had a smile on her face that's all she (laughs) that's all she wanted yeah, is that how you you hooked her? Was uh, just by your, through your cooking? Oh yeah, yeah. What what was that the first encounter? I don't remember. You know, I, I I do remember when we first like started uh, started dating. I was getting really big into risotto. So I would try to make her like I was making like seafood risotto all the time. Like when my friends would come over for dinner, yeah. she's like, "Yeah, this is good." <laughs> uh um. Well, we're here, I guess, somewhat to talk wrestling, you know, a little bit, (laughs) Uh, you know, and and your your family actually is a pretty rich family wrestling history, um, at least when it comes to you and your brothers. What about your, how did you guys even get into wrestling? You have three brothers um, that all wrestled, but where was the start? So I I guess my dad wrestled growing up. He's from Jersey, or both my parents are from Jersey. Uh, 
But my dad will always say he wrestled, but he wasn't a good wrestler. He never really took it that seriously. And it was, it just so happened that my oldest brother, um, who relatively speaking, you know, in terms of our family had the least amount of success for all of us. Uh, he, his best friend, uh, invited him to wrestling practice in middle school and he got into it. And then we moved to Japan and my brothers got into it. Over, so my oldest brother, Justin started here in the States. And then Johnny and Eric started wrestling when we moved to Japan. So they actually started in freestyle before they even started in folk style. Really? How long did you live in yeah, Japan? So that was, we were there for two and a half years. Wow. Was like uh, was somebody in the military or what, what, what ended up in Japan? Yeah. My dad, uh, my dad was in the Navy for 30 years. So uh, that was one of the many stops we had. Well, Thankfully for me, I, that was the only time in my life I ever um, moved because of my father's Navy background. But, um, you know, my dad spent some time up at the Pentagon when he first started, uh, you know, in the military, he was stationed in Washington. We ended up in Virginia because of, uh, the military. So thankfully my entire life, we, we'd only moved once. Gotcha. Yeah. That's gotta be nice. Um, did you have any, you know, you went to Michigan State, and we'll touch on that at some point. But did you have any thought about going into the military and maybe wrestling or pursuing a military background? I did after college when I just, you know, I would say I had the career blues. Um, I'm a sales guy by trade, and uh, it's a rough job sometimes, right? Like, I'm kind of like wrestling, you know, when you're you're, you're not getting the wins you want, right? You're not making the money you want. I was kind of in between jobs and I started talking to a Navy recruiter and, uh, my, uh, my college wrestling background didn't really play well with trying to join the military after college. So I had, I had three shoulder surgeries, uh, in college. So oh, uh, gotcha. they, they basically were like, eh, you can, you can go to the army, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, um, so then growing up, I mean, did you just four boys? I mean, um, sounds like you were the youngest. Did you four, um, yep. were you together a lot? Did you wrestle together or were you, because of the age gap, was there sort of maybe a, um, you know, separation between you boys growing up? So my three older brothers are relatively close in age. They all graduated mm -hmm. high school within a, a five year period. Um, but me, I was six years younger than Eric. Wow. So I, I grew up watching them compete and really just looking up to them and trying to mirror their habits and seeing the things that they did because, um, you know, they had a lot of success and I, I got to, uh, be in the front row watching all that. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was the little kid who was always Matt's side, recording his brother's videos, being their biggest cheerleader, being, you know, the, their, uh, uh, their content creators. And, and just really, you know, it was really cool for me to, to watch what I did at a young age. Yeah. Did you ever think about pursuing something else other than wrestling to maybe separate yourself or, you know, so you could write your own path per se? No. So, so I, I'll, I'll, I remember when I was in, 
you know, when you're growing up, you play every sport, right? Football, soccer, you know, basketball. I'm terrible at any sport. If you talk to any of my brothers, I am the, I'm so unathletic. I can't throw, I can't catch, I can't run, I can't jump high. Um, So I remember my last ever, I was maybe second or third grade. I played soccer and I remember the last game of the season, I scored like four goals. I got like most improved player. And, uh, and I told my mom after the season, like I got, I got some award. We had some banquet and I got the most improved. And I told my mom, I was like, mom, I don't like this. It's not rough enough for me. It's not violent enough. Uh, so my, my brothers were, you know, already wrestling. So I tried to go to wrestling practice and, uh, I, I don't think I fell in love with it right away. Um, but then my, I met my best friend still to this day. He, he didn't wrestle. Uh, he wrestled when I started when I was in second grade and, uh, still to this day where, you know, he's my best friend and, you know, I met him at wrestling practice and I think that was something that really kind of helped keep me in the sport, uh, was having a buddy and then starting to see the success that my brothers had. And I think the moment that really hooked me, um, my second oldest brother, John, uh, and he, so this was the, the year after we moved back from Japan. So I was in third grade and this is the first year I ever went to watch the high school state tournament. Uh, he got third and I was sitting back watching the finals and, uh, it was Bubba Jenkins versus Brandon Hardy. And if you don't know who Brandon Hardy is, that dude was bad. Really? He was bad. He was so good. He was a senior. Bubba was a freshman and, uh, Bubba hit a super duck and they go out of bounds and the crowd went nuts. And then Brandon just kind of walks back and he's got this look on his face like, oh, you poked the bear. And then what do you know, 15 seconds later, he pins Bubba and the crowd goes nuts. (laughs) And I was like, I want that. I want that. And that's the moment that really hooked me. Really? So when, so is that when you actually started taking it pretty seriously too then? I wouldn't say I really started taking it seriously. I think I just really started to fall in love with it, right? I just enjoyed being around it. I enjoyed going to tournaments. Uh, I enjoyed being uh, around the sport and, you know, just, I like, you know, it's like, I like to watch other people win. I like to watch the celebrations and kind of see like, almost like, like the WWE aspect of it. Like they're kind of showboating and like uh, the, you know, I was a big fan. So, I think that's really what what started to get me hooked. And then it took a while for me to even like sniff at success. Really? So when did that, when did that start? And what keep, kept you motivated? I guess, you know, if you don't have success right away, a lot of people, you know, tend to maybe shy away from a sport, but. So I think I, you know, the, the expectations of my family and not so much of my, from my brother's, but from everyone else, like everyone was like, you know, my brothers were uh, starting to come around winning state titles. And they're like the little one, he's going to be the best. And I always heard people say that. And I was like, I'm going to live up to it. I'm going to live up to it. And I always kind of told myself that. And then, um, you know, this is, it's all success is relative to everyone. Right. So uh, I, 
I started wrestling in second grade and I didn't win a tournament until I was in sixth grade. So like five years. Wow. It took me. Um, and, and that was just, that includes all the local stuff too. Right. And I never won a, a gold medal until five years in. And then uh, the middle school city championship, I won that. And that was for me, like that was the Olympics. Like I, I thought like, I really thought like I could be something big after I was the best kid in the city. Yeah. And then success just sort of continued to happen for you. Um, you know, you got into high school and you placed all four years. Um, you know, your freshman year, did you know you were going to have the type of success going in as a freshman? Yeah, I did. And, you know, I, I, I was kind of arrogant about it. Um, I was the best kid on my high school team as a freshman by a long shot. Um, and uh, I remember reading an article, and this is like, you know, 2009. So, like, the only coverage you really got of wrestling was in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, like, a little snippet that my high school coach said was, uh, like, you know, talking about me. He's like, it doesn't, it's not a matter of if he's going to win a state title, it's just how many he will win. And, uh, and I really, I, I, you know, I had a really, really good relationship with my assistant coach. He really pushed me and he knew how to coach me. I think that was probably the first person in my life that I ever worked with that really like tried to mold me into what I wanted to be. Um, and it created this level of comfort where I was, I was really, really, really cocky and arrogant and, and proud of who I was and where I came from. But at the same time, I, I kind of let that, you know, his expectations kind of keep me grounded. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I knew co- coming into high school, I, I would have success. It was just, uh, I placed fourth as a freshman. I was, I was pretty disappointed with that. Um, you know, still to this day, I, I give him a hard time. Uh, I lost to a guy named Ryan Hunsberger in the state semifinals. He's the, uh, he's an assistant coach at VMI now. And, uh, I still tell him to this day that he, he didn't get that takedown. Right. He sat me in my butt real quick and I hopped up and, you know, I lost like two to one or three to two or something like that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think my expectations for myself were a little bit higher than, uh, they probably should have been. I probably was a lot, uh, I had a lot more confidence than I had ability. <laughs> Which sometimes can be a good thing, you know, uh, if you have a little more confidence and ability, sometimes your ability will catch up to your confidence because you are confident so um what's the wrestling scene like in virginia you know as a whole you know some of my listeners might not know or hear a lot about virginia so what what's the scene like out there are you saying now or both when so, i was in high school back then right, I mean, so, you just listed off bubba jenkins i'm like geez okay yeah we got some we got yeah. some over there yeah so back in the day uh and and i'm not trying to like I, I hate, I hate one of the, the guys. Oh, back in my day, the right. restaurant was so much better, right? But like, uh, so when I was in high school, there was three divisions. Now there's six. Wow. So the talent is so much more spread out. Mm-hmm. I think now the talent pool is deeper. You just don't get that iron sharpens iron effect as much. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I got so much better because in my district, right, it is top four, go to the re- top four in the district, go to the region, top four in the region, go to the state. And every year, top four in my district were top eight in the state. 
top four in my district were top four in the region and top four in the region were, were placed in the state. So like I had guys who were just breathing down my neck all day and, and that made me a lot better. Now there's not even a district tournament. You go straight to the region, right? And then top four in the region qualify for state. Hmm. Now get this. There's only 56 teams in each division in the state. So, okay. So it's kind of weird, right? Like you, 56 teams, top six place, right? You're barely top 10% of your class to be a state place winner. And then 98 individual state champions because private school is separate. So six public school, one private school, uh, state champ. So it's, it, it, it's just the, the talent pool is very diluted nowadays, but the, mm-hmm. the level of wrestling is, uh, is there. Right. I think, uh, uh, we've got a lot of good coaches in our state and, uh, we haven't been as fortunate as some of the others where you have those top D one talent kids come back and get into the coaching team. We haven't really had that yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm curious to see kind of over the next couple of years, what that looks like. Oh, so you actually, technically you have seven divisions then you have six mm-hmm. and then you have private school division. So seven classes and back when you were in high school. So what you were what, 2000, what year did you graduate? Like 2012? I graduated 2012. So in 10 years, you've added, well, I guess we're going on 12 years now, whatever, but you've added four divisions, three public and one private. So they switched in 2014. 2014 was the first year of six classes. Wow. Um, And there's probably been more four-time state champions in that eight, nine-year window than there were in the last hundred before that. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, I'm just taking that. That's that's a big change. You know, I mean, adding one class, you know, is one thing, but you know, adding three is is a big adjustment. Um, I guess, do you have any insight on maybe why they made that change? Was was it necessary in a way? I'm trying to also look up. No, the other it, I mean, it why was, it was added. It know? was driven by driven by football. Um, okay. they just, they didn't look at reg, uh, wrestling as a, you know, a singular entity. They looked at all the sports and said, mm-hmm. this makes sense because it makes sense for football, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily make sense for, you know, the other 20 something sports that are sponsored by the VHSL. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to your career. You got fourth as a as a freshman, um, but seventh the next couple of years. Um, what was what was that kind of like? You know, you had high expectations. Your coach even says how many state titles he's going to win, and you come up short a couple couple more times. I mean, talk about some adversity there. Yeah. So my sophomore year, I um, I was. I had a great season, right? I, there was a, a kid in my weight class. His name is Brian Witt. He's the only five-time Virginia high school state champion ever. He won it as an eighth grader in private school. 
Mm-hmm. Won eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh in private school. So he's a four timer coming into public school, and then obviously won my you know my sophomore year. But uh, you know I beat Brian in the district finals, um, regional finals. Uh, he beat me in overtime, and then uh, you know seen or um, made it to the state or made it to states. Won my first match, and then second match, I wrestled a kid named Brooks Martino, who was a two-time national qualifier for Penn. So Brooks was legit, right? He 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 beat me. Uh, wow. You know, he, he was better than me. I, I don't think there's a, a better way to slice it. Um, and then, yeah, I just I, I thought I was the best person there, and kind of put my head in my butt. I came home with the medal, but uh, you know, I think really the only I don't think that medal meant anything to me. I think the only thing that uh, I came home with was about 20 extra pounds on me after day two of that <laughs> tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that stunk, right? But um, junior year, um, yeah, I had a, had a good year. Um, I came in as a pretty bad, low seed into the, re, or into the state tournament because, you know, like I said, I had a pretty tough region. I had three guys in my weight class who – ended up going on to wrestle D one. Uh, so I, I got fourth in the region. Um, and first round I had to wrestle a guy named Jack Bass. Uh, Jack was, Jack was legit four time high school state finalist. He won it as a senior. Uh, he, uh, he ended up going to, uh, Minnesota. So I lost to Jack first round, came back. And then, so I won the match to place. And then, uh, um, you know, I'm clawing my way through the wrestle backs, and uh, I hit a I hit a sweet duck under on this kid. I had a claw, I, I had a claw with my right hand and my left hand. I was like getting ready to lift and Turk, and I bombed this dude. <laughs> I picked him up and his feet. I mean, in freestyle, this is a six point throw. Mm-hmm. Picked him up and his feet went over his head, and I slammed him right on the on his back, and I got DQ'd. So uh, that's why I got seventh as a as a junior. So. It is what it is. Um, you know, that one doesn't hurt me as much as, you know, the one my sophomore year. But, uh, yeah, and then, I, you know, I, I think a lot of that really uh, – it, it, I think, if anything, that, that uh, my season, my junior year just made me grow up in a sense where I, had, I took the time to sit down and reflect. And, and so – a uh, little background. I, all three of my older brothers went to a school called Kellum. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up, I was in an academic program at a school called first colonial, my first three years of high school. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to talk bad about the guy, but I just, me and the head coach just didn't vibe. He wasn't, he wasn't my, uh, he wasn't my cup of tea. And I, I really, after my freshman and sophomore year, I had this conversation with my parents as well, but I said, Hey, I want to leave. I want to go back to Kellum. I want to be back with my friends, right? I want to graduate with the people I grew up with. And my parents said, no, 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 no. And after my senior or my junior year, I sat down with them. I said, listen, I'm going back to Kellum. I don't care what you guys say. And they said, well, you're not going to be able to wrestle. I said, I would rather not wrestle than have to do another year of what I'm doing, right? And, and they gave me the opportunity to uh, – they let me drop out of the program and go back to Kellum and be where I wanted to be and – it was pretty crazy. I actually had to sit down uh, in front of like a school board. I had to sit in front of three principals from 
different schools across the city and they had to hear my case of why I should be able to transfer and why I should be able to go back and be eligible. And uh, they approved the decision. It all worked out. Were you by yourself when you were given this, when, when you were talking to the principals? Uh, no. So my, I think my mom was there, but I, it wasn't like, it was more so like she was there because I was 17. It wasn't right. there. She was pleading my case for me. Jeez. Talk about just a whirlwind of emotions there. I mean, for, for starters real quick, I want to ask you, you were wrestling this kid who's going for his fifth state title and you beat him. Like, did you have any doubt? You know, you beat him what twice that year at districts and regions. No. So he beat me in the regional final. So I, I beat him. Uh, so we wrestled in a duel. Uh, it was a close match and whipped me to my back and pinned me. So I was, uh, I, I'll like, I'll, I'll never forget like this moment. I was just kind of sitting in the, the locker room before the final, the district finals by myself. And I was like, I can, I can beat this kid. Like, and it just like, it was, I think it was the first time in my life where I like sat down and like had this like positive self-talk where I truly believe that like I could beat someone who was, uh, you know, in air quotes better than me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, uh, you know, that, that was, you know, I think that was a big turning point in my career to actually, you know, have that, that bit of self-belief and positive self-talk. Yeah. What, what made you even think you, you could beat him? I mean, sometimes we get wrapped up in accolades and credentials and all that. And, you know, you're sitting here with a third place or fourth place medal and this kid's won four state titles going for his fifth, almost, almost might as well have handed it to him. And you had other ideas or tried to have other ideas, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, this is the first time in my life that I, oh, I had really, so I started working with a sports psychologist my sophomore year. So that was really, that was big for me. Um, she made a huge impact on me and, and just was always so positive and really just kind of made me look at things in such a different way. And uh, we visualized this together, right? I remember we sat down and visualized this match and talked about how it would go and, uh it was a little bit closer in the actual match than what I had envisioned um but I I think that exercise that week leading into the district tournament really allowed me to have that level of confidence and be able to to hold my head high and say that I I really feel as if I you know I could do this um and, and you know at that point there was really no turning back yeah so then um I want to touch on you're sitting there in front of three principals. You're 17 and you have to give this speech, if you will, about why they should let you back into Kellum. That, yeah. I just can't imagine doing that at 17. Like, I don't know. I, I the comp, like me being 17, I wasn't this confident outspoken kid that I it personally, I guess, you know, so how, how did you handle that? <laughs> yes. So, you know, I, I and, I don't think there was any, there was, I don't think there was really any confidence behind it. It was, it was just so emotional for me. Yeah. Um, I, I was getting up, at, you know, cause so where I grew up, school started at seven twenty-five, and the school I was going to was 30 minutes away. So I was waking up five 30 in the morning. My dad oh. had to drive me to school. Um, right. That doesn't even take into consideration that a lot of times I was getting a lift in before school or, getting a workout with my coach. Um, and right. So, so that was taxing on me, yeah. you know, and not only physically, but emotionally. 
uh, it was difficult to, to make friends being, you know, I lived 30 minutes outside of school district. Um, I, if I wanted to hang out with any of the kids that I went to school with, I had a 30 minute drive. Right. So like that was really taxing on me as a, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old kid. And, um, the people I hung out with every day outside of school were the people I would go to school with, you know, as a senior. So, uh, I, I think I just was, I was able to articulate that really well. And, you know, the, the, I couldn't really fake the emotion behind it. Right. It was, it, I really, I, I meant it. Right. And I still, to this day, believe it was one of the best decisions in my life because I was able to, I guess, kind of be made whole again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that really reflected in the way I wrestled my senior year. Yeah. What, you know, your mom said that you weren't going to be able to wrestle if you moved. Why, what was the thought behind that? Were you like, what's transferring? She, she thought, yeah. Well, she thought that I wasn't, so that meeting at the school board mm -hmm. was to, um, to make me eligible. So gotcha. when I, I, I transferred, they said, no, you're ineligible unless it was guilty until proven innocent. Hmm. So I, pr I proved my innocence and, uh, and you know, that my eligibility was reinstated immediately. Nice. Wow. What a, was, were, did they tell you that on the spot or did, did they have to like deliberate or anything? Yeah. So they, they called me later that day. Oh, uh, so a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of emotions leading up to that point. It was funny. I remember we got the phone call and then a couple of days later, we got a letter in the mail from the school board and it said, your daughter has been approved. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so she is now eligible to compete. So, uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to like call and confirm that it was you? Like, I'd be, I'd be kind of freaking out that, like, hey, did, did no, they really? I, spend I, thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. So, yeah, yeah and whatever. I mean, what a what a what a fitting end. Then you know, you get what what you wanted, and wrestling at Kellum your senior year, and then here comes the state title, which I, I can't even imagine. You know, putting your you had a couple other brothers win one, and you had come up short a couple times. And what was the difference? I mean, you kind of touched on a little. Um, early. Man, uh, I, so this is pretty crazy. So um, kind of, you know, the, before we get to the state tournament, like my at my district, uh, I had to wrestle a kid who, who was, he'd beat me two or three times in my life before I had never beaten him. Um, he, uh, yeah, we had a close match, you know, we're in the, we're in the finals and he's beaten me and, uh, I dumped him to his back and I, I get him, I, I, you know, I get the win there. And, um, during the finals, him and like three other kids, they go in the locker room and they get caught smoking weed in the locker room during the finals of the district tournament. So those four kids are kicked out of like districts, regions, states, right. And they, they were all good, right. All of them, state finalists the year before two of them state champs one of them won a beast of the east title that year like legit crew and uh for me dude a weight lifted off my shoulders like one of the best kids in the state 
uh, is out of my path. So, um, you know, so next week I go through regionals. I total cakewalk, pin my way through the regional tournament, make it to States. Uh, first two matches are relatively easy. And then, uh, and then I make it to the semifinals and then I run into a buzzsaw kid who kicked my ass earlier in the season. He beat me nine, nothing. I didn't even score a single point. His name is Dennis Gustafson. He was a two-time ACC champ at tech kid was, kid was good. Um, so, you know, I have a, have a barn burner with Dennis and ended up squeaking one out and edge him in the semis. And, uh, I, I think after I won that match, like I knew I was going to win, uh, ended up wrestling a kid in the finals who I had beaten earlier in the season. Again, kid was legit. Uh, he was a state finalist the year before. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I always joke that my, my state title was, was not so much a state title. It was more of a Grammy. I didn't score a takedown. He took me down twice. Um, I got three stalling calls. We go to a uh, double overtime. I ride him out. Or no, uh, I pick bottom. He gets called for stalling again. So I get a stall point and ride him out to win like 5-4. So uh, more of an acting job than a, a wrestling match on my part. But uh, I... I, I I think I wrestled hard. I think I earned it. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I won't forget, like, going into, going into overtime, we, uh, we're, we go out of bounds, and I'm walking back to the center, and I'm like, I'm not getting kicked out of my family today. <laughs> I'm not going to fail here. Like, I am this close. And, uh, yeah, I got it done. No, it was pretty cool moment yeah was like your older brothers there and to witness yeah or? yeah so uh um i think two of them were there eric was eric was uh wrestling in college at the time he was uh you know in the thick of big 10 season so he wasn't there but uh i remember him sending me a picture of him and all his teammates uh at school watching it on youtube so that was that was pretty cool to see yeah speaking you know you, you said one of the guys that you were competing against at one point, Russell, that beast of the East. So did you, and you got, you got seventh at beast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had, I had a good tournament there, right. I yeah. think, uh, no, that was, that was a, a, a big point in my career. I, uh, there's one match that I wish I could have got back. I, I, uh, you know, I, I think I, I kind of talked about how I was confident and didn't, you know, in that, that revelation I had in the, as a sophomore in districts where I was like, I finally believed I could beat people better than me. And I made it to the, like the quarters or the round before that. I don't remember, but there was a guy, uh, he seated higher than me. And, uh, I just didn't even, I don't even, I don't want to say I didn't try, but I didn't believe. Hmm. Um, so I, I think if I would have beat him, I would have won the tournament, but yeah. What a, who am I to say 12 years later? <laughs> Yeah, but what a what a prestigious tournament to to place at, you know. Um, did that when did recruiting start coming into play? So, uh, honestly, you know, like yeah, I was a four time state placer, but like, what is a seventh place medal really? Like, good job, kid. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and not until I won a state title did uh did people really like the phone start ringing. 
Um, so March of my senior year, which you say that to a kid nowadays, they're like, March? What? Like, you mean March of your freshman year? Well, I was surprised after Beasts of the East, you know, you weren't getting looked at a little bit there too, you know, after placing there. That's a, that's one of the toughest tournaments in the in the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, right, like seventh, good job. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I got a few phone calls, but really they, they didn't start to start to, you know, start ringing until I, uh, I finished up my senior year. Yeah. Did you decide you like, did you know you were going to wrestle in college or, you know, at that point, you know, were you starting to have doubts because no one was really recruiting you? No, because so my brother, Eric had a really weird recruiting, uh, like recruiting cycle. Like he was good. Uh, two time state finalist going into his senior year. And then, uh, he committed to Delaware state which was the HBCU. Yeah. Um, And he didn't, or he, uh, the coach there resigned or something and he ended up getting released. So his recruiting process like started over in March. Mm -hmm. So for me, that gave me a lot of confidence. Like you're going to be okay. Like, don't worry about it. You know, it'll all, it'll all work itself out. Gotcha. And so, I mean, you ended up at Michigan State, but obviously it wasn't a foregone conclusion that that's where you were going to end up, unless it was, I guess I shouldn't assume. Um, I definitely, in my, I think in my heart, I knew I, I, that was where I should be. Um, but I was like, I was really, really, really close to going to Notre Dame College uh, in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, they were you know, national powerhouse. They had won like NAIA, NWCA, Division Two, and uh, I don't know if you remember this name, Joey Davis. Yep. First ever four-time undefeated D2 champ. I went on my recruiting visit to Notre Dame with Joey. Wow. So like, you know, seeing someone like that and then some of the other people who, you know, I don't remember, there was a, there was a kid from Indiana, uh, who was on my recruiting trip, and there was another kid who's who's a stud, uh, with all went there, and I was like, "Ooh, like we could win a national title together. Like we could win, we could be team champs." And uh, so that was that. Like they pulled me in hard, and uh, Coach Ralph, he's the uh, assistant coach at Ohio State now. He's the recruiting coordinator over there. That dude is the man. Like I, I, he does not get enough praise for what he does. He's such a cool guy. Uh. He's one of the best recruiters in the game. Like that, that's someone that if you don't know who coach Ralph is, like you need to take notice because he's the reason I can guarantee you. It's not Tom Ryan picking up the phone and calling these guys. It's, it's Anthony Ralph and he's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. So he was at Notre Dame, Ohio. Yep. Before Ohio state. So that's how, so he was the one calling you and trying to get you to come there. Yep. Dang. Yeah, I remember Joey Davis. Yep. I think he's – I don't know if he's in the UFC or if he's doing MMA he's now. He's in Bellator. He's in Bellator. Okay. Yeah, he's bad like nine man. and one. He's a bad man. Um, so how'd you end up at Michigan State then? Um, I'm, My brother went there, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I 
I went on a visit there and it wasn't even like a, a wrestling visit. It was just to visit my brother. Uh, I think he was wrestling the Michigan state open one year. We went out there and visit. And, uh, <laughs> I went to a party with, uh, with a couple of his teammates and, uh, I was like, wow, this is what college is like. <laughs> and, uh, man, if you never, you never partied at a big 10 school, they could do it like the best of them. <laughs> uh yeah cool. yeah wisconsin iowa nebraska here uh yeah michigan state michigan <laughs> yeah yeah so that that was it you know i think i knew and then once i got that phone call uh and then once i got my my acceptance letter um i remember coming home on i, I think like may may 1st like when i was growing up like that was the deadline to make your decision mm-hmm. and uh i came home and my dad basically laid out two packages. He's like, you got Michigan State, you got Notre Dame. Who's it going to be? And uh, yeah, it was like kind of my own signing day, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I pick, I pick, Mich- I pick Michigan State, and he said, "All right, here's your phone. Go call Coach Ralph." I called Ralph. I let him know, and then uh, I. Uh, I went online. I paid my deposit for Michigan State, and I guess that's where it all. I guess the rest is history. Well, I guess there wasn't really much history there, but <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit, sure. You know, um, gosh, so you end up at Michigan State. Um, how? First off, I forgot to ask you at the beginning. How's Eric doing? I know he had surgery on was his, was his, his right knee. I don't know which knee it was, but I mean, he's. It's probably the. I think like his sixth or seventh surgery on his knee. So, uh, yeah, f- feeling feeling terrible for him. You know, it's unfortunate, and it's like it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, we always get beat up with wrestling somehow, but never actually the wrestling. Like I think he got his foot caught in the mat or something like that and retore it. Uh, I tore my knee a couple years ago on Thanksgiving playing a game at practice. Uh, so, you know, we. <laughs> It just, it just kind of happens like that, unfortunately. Well, yeah, hopefully. Because I talked to him the other day. Um, he said he was going into surgery. I was like, oh, well, good luck. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, didn't even be texting me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, hopefully he came out all right. And um, he was working out like a couple days before he was even having – he had this big old brace on. And I don't know if he posted on Instagram or whatever. I'm like – Man, you're a freak. You're working out. He's doing pull-ups or something or, um, yeah, I don't know. And he had like a weight on. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's gotten into, to, you know, working out again. I think he's, uh, kind of got that new, a new type of motivation. And, you know, it's really cool to kind of see how he's, uh, he's developed, you know, his body is funny. We always make fun of him. He looked like a 17 year old, 125 pounder until he was 35. Uh, <laughs> Now he's a he's a 19 year old 141 pounder. <laughs> so he might. So does he must look like you when you were in college? You were about a 33 yeah. 41 pounder. <laughs> um, yeah. So how was wrestling at Michigan State? You know, I know at the time, like they've kind of gone through their ups and downs, and um, sometimes Michigan State can be looked at as you know in the bottom of the Big Ten barrel, but you know still kids are showing up and wrestling their tail off and improving and putting on that Spartan singlet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
Um, yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right, you look at Iowa's and Penn State's, like, we weren't good or elite, right? But, like, when we wrestled teams outside of the conference, we were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the Big Ten, right? Like, it was tough. It was hard. Uh, it was a life, you know, it was a lifestyle. It was a grind. Uh, it beat me up. It chewed me up. It spit me out. Uh uh, I got better because of it. I think I, I wouldn't say I learned a ton technically. I think I learned a lot like as a person about who I was and how to grow up a little bit, you know, being, being far away from home. But uh, it was, it was certainly a, a great experience for what I got to, what I got to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your sophomore year actually, um, coincidentally, you wrestled a kid from Notre Dame, Ohio at the Michigan state open. Um, how did AJ that... McKee? Uh, Br- um, Brandon Miller, Braden Miller. Sorry, Braden Miller. I don't, I don't remember him, but yeah. uh, but uh, no, I, I remember I wrestled a kid from uh, Notre Dame, AJ McKee, mm-hmm. who is now like the top of Bellator. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so you know, it's, it's always funny seeing that, and yeah, I wrestled that kid, and you know, he's. Uh, he's doing really well and I'm washed up, but (laughs) no, uh, no. So my, my sophomore year was weird. Um, in my freshman year, I, I snipped the starting lineup a little bit. Sophomore year was intending on red shirting and, uh, you know, just started having shoulder pain early in the season and went to the doctor and they're like, Oh yeah, it's torn. Yeah. It's bad, but you can still wrestle as long as you want. And uh, I tried my hardest, made it a couple, you know, made it three weeks in, uh, won an open on a, on a bum wheel. And uh, after I made it to the finals and my arm was literally hanging out of socket, and the only thing I could do was get on top and turn kids. I was like, yeah, I think my season's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had surgery then. Um, sophomore year, or excuse me, my junior year, um, so I tore my right shoulder as a sophomore, my junior year, uh, I was feeling great. I really thought I was going to set the world on fire. I thought I was going to get the starting job. I thought I was going to be an all American. I thought, you know, and, uh, first day of practice, guy's got a single leg on me, brings it up high. I try to dive through his legs. I drew, I land on my left shoulder. He lands on my right. All my weight comes down and boom, tear everything on my left shoulder. Jeez. Uh, the literally very first day of practice, the last go. Um, and then, uh, and then my senior year, uh, I didn't even make it. I didn't even make it to the, the season. I mean, made it to preseason and, uh, had to get surgery on my right shoulder again. So three years in a row, uh, you know, back to back to back surgeries, unfortunately. Gosh, how are they doing now? How are your shoulders? Hmm. It depends how big the kid I, I practiced with uh, yesterday is. Um, <laughs> some days they're better than others. Uh, I think I do a little bit better. You know, I'm an old fat coach now. I know the tricks of how to not put myself in bad spots. Uh, snap downs are great. You know, snag singles, duck unders. You know, I'm not taking high crotches and getting my arms extended out like this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, better most days. Good. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of athletes get in that dilemma, no matter what sport, 
you know, man, you can do surgery or you can tough it out if you will, you know, and you're like, well, shoot, this is my chance. You know, maybe I'm going to be able to crack the lineup rather than just get it taken care of. You know, how'd you weigh those options when you were in that scenario? You know, and it sounds like, I don't think there was much. Yeah. I don't think there was really much weighing the options. It was like, I don't want surgery. I want, you know, um, I wanted the job, right? I, I, uh, I sniffed the lineup my freshman year. I didn't have the success I wanted. Um, and I, I had unrealistic belief in myself and really thought that uh, regardless of, you know, the situation I was in, I thought I was going to win. And uh, I tried my best, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, my best was not good enough with one arm. <laughs> yeah what do you mean you had unrealistic expectations you know because we always try to tell ourselves and tell our kids when we're coaching them that you know you can win you can win this match you can win every match you know um but here you know now sometimes looking back we go yeah well maybe that kid was better than me and in hindsight I wasn't as good as I thought or whatever so you know it's a, it's a weird weird limbo to live in yeah, and it was hard because, right, I mean, we already talked about it. Like, Michigan State wasn't wasn't really good. Uh, we're in the toughest conference in the country. Uh, we're not even – I mean, we're the fourth, third, fourth best team in the state, right, like behind Central and University of Michigan. And I'm not even going to mention the last guys who starts with the E. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, so you know, I'm we weren't. I I just thought to myself, right? I had a 500, you know, above 500 record as a freshman, and I didn't think that meant anything, right? I I told myself like, oh yeah, you know, guys like David Taylor didn't even have a great redshirt year, um, you know, and I I just I looked at I I tried whenever I doubted myself, I tried to look at examples of other people, mm -hmm. right? Like oh yeah, Kale lost his freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but your, your wrestling career didn't stop after that. You know, I mean, even as beat up as you were, you know, you still stayed around and were invested in the sport. First off, before I get to that, um, why did you study advertising? All right. So I had a, uh, I had a, uh, a good family friend of mine who owns an ad agency and, uh, he's such a cool guy. You talk to him, you're like, I want to be like this guy. I want to be like him. And uh, I thought that was my my fast track to get an easy job when I got done with college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't even think still to this day he's looked at my resume. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that was kind of why I, I wanted to uh, study advertising. And then as I kind of progressed through the coursework, I, I think I enjoyed it kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, it was relatively interesting, and uh, like I said, I'm a sales guy by trade, um, so I think sales and advertising go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so after after you got done with school, you know, in your wrestling career, um, you know, you still stayed involved in the sport. Like, I mean, one of your profile pictures on social media is you in Budapest, you know? So, like, did you think that you were going to stay involved? even afterwards? I mean, some people kind of want to do the opposite where they want to separate from the sport a little bit. Yeah. So I had, I had a little bit of both. 
so right out of or right out of high school or excuse me college um i was all in right i was running a national team while i was in college really uh, i really wanted yeah i really wanted to grow that thing and and you know turn it into a job and a training center and things like that and started coaching out of high school did that for two years and that was it like after two years of high school coaching uh it pushed me away from the sport completely i hated it uh i was burnt out um i quit coaching altogether i was just kind of being a 24 25 year old kid enjoying life mm -hmm. uh and this is yeah I, I love to tell this story right so i own a wrestling club now mm -hmm. um and at the time right it, I, I don't know what your demographic or p listeners is like mm -hmm. but do you know what the yellow pages is yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So in two thousand in two thousand eighteen, I was working for the Yellow Pages. I was selling the phone book okay. in two thousand eighteen when no one even no one even opens it up. Right. Right. So when I when I was working for the Yellow Pages, uh, we had this app that uh, if you're in a location, you press a button, it'll pop up all the places around you that used to buy Yellow Page ads but no longer do. Um, so three, uh, so I go to this gym called River City Youth Fitness. They, I knew they had a wrestling program. So I walk in there, I say, Hey, um, you know, I'm with the yellow pages. You guys used to buy ads from us, but you don't need more. I want to talk to you about buying some yellow page ads. Mm -hmm. The owner of the business goes and grabs his son who runs the wrestling program. And it's, uh, he gets his son, son says, all right, I'll give you a call. Gives me a call. He says, all right, let's set up a meeting. So he brings me in, we sit down and he says, all right, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to buy any ads from you. <laughs> here's the thing. He said, here's the thing. I know who you are. I wrestled your brother in high school and he kicked my ass. I want you to come start coaching with me. <laughs> I said, I was like, and at the time, like, this is when I was out of the sport completely. I was like, burnout. I was like, uh, let me think about it. So a couple of weeks later, I go in there, I run a clinic. I'm hooked. I'm in love again. I, I you know, there's this, uh, I mean, a group of kids. I, I, I don't know what was special about them, but something was. And they like, they just sucked me back in right away. Um, that was 2018. And uh, 2019, the guy who was running the club had a kid. And that's an important note, right? So he had a kid in 2019. 2020, we all know what happens, mm -hmm. COVID, right? So March of 2020, we shut down. And every day during, during that, you know, six-month period, I'm calling this guy. Hey, man, when can we open back up? Hey, man, when can we open back up? When can we? I am itching, right? We just had a huge year. We had our first high school state champ. Uh, in club history and I'm like I'm fired up I'm ready to go and then one day in September he calls me back and he says all right man listen here's the deal he says uh it's time to open back up but we're not doing it at my parents gym and I'm having another kid so I'm out I'm like what he's like I'm out so take the mats and go find somewhere to wrestle do it. You got to do this thing. I'm like, 
took me a minute to like figure out what was going on. I'm like, wait a mm-hmm. second. Did you just give me the club? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, uh, I had to figure all that crap out real quick, how to get insurance, had to find a real estate agent, we had to find a building, had to set up a bank account. Um, yeah, and I mean, we're three, uh, I've owned the club for, for three years now, so that was pretty crazy. Wow. What, I mean, if you care to elaborate, what kind of transpired when you were at the high school level? I mean, you, you were all gung-ho for it. And then yeah, what turned, what turned you off so quickly? Um, so I think a couple things, right. I I mean, the guy I was coaching with was not my vibe. Uh, I'm a relatively happy, upbeat person. I like to joke around. I'm pretty, uh, pretty funny. I'm pretty witty. And he was not, he was old school, tough, hard nosed, grindstone, let's go, let's fight, right? Negative, ugh, like, ugh, very angry. <laughs> yeah. And that, that just, that was not me, right? But on top of that, six days a week, no social life, sun up to sundown. Um, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a driven person. I wanted more out of my career. And I felt like the high school thing was holding me back in my career, I couldn't progress because I was, you know, focused on developing our, you know, the high school kids six days a week. Um, so it was just, you know, a combination of a lot of things. And then uh, on top of that, at the time, I was dating a girl who really hated wrestling. Um, she, every time I'd go to practice, every time I'd go out of town for a tournament, every time I'd have a match, she would, she's never supportive. So, you know, I think a combination of everything there, uh, and then we had a really, 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 really bad postseason. Um, and I felt like everything I did was, was a waste. Hmm. How did you go from the national team to that? Like, where'd you even start? You said you ran, you were running national team. Was that in Michigan? No. So, all right. So when I was in high school, like mm-hmm. I, I mentioned, I, I did not like my high school coach at the first school I went to. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the off season, what I was doing was, I was getting all my friends together and we would go to like these dual tournaments together. Like I was, I was essentially running the team as a high schooler. And I would be like, I would call my brother and be like, Hey man, you want to come coach? Like I need a coach. Like we need an adult. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Why not? So, you know, I started that as a high schooler. Uh, and it was, it had a cool name, right? It was catchy at the time, prestige worldwide, boats and throws. Um, the original, don't get it twisted. Yep. Uh, often imitated, never replicated. Uh, <laughs> Right. So, uh, you know, at the time, uh, right. Like we had some success when I was running the team, when I was a high school kid, then I go into college and I'm in the big 10, right. People start to look at me like, wow, that kid was good. Mm-hmm. Right. That kid's in college. He's wrestling the big 10. Like he's at a big school. We should look up to him. And then like, I started like, I started treating this thing like a, like a college program. Like I would, I would, rec- I would make recruiting calls like, you know, at late at night, I would, I would send letters to kids to invite them to be on the team. Like I made a website and I would put all their accomplishments on there and I'll blow it up. And then like, you know, we would go to NHSDA duels and we would get, you know, I would fundraise. I raised like $20,000 while I was still in college and to get all this money together for these kids to travel and compete. We'd get a beach house down in Virginia beach for NHSDA. And then one year it clicked and we, uh, we made it to this quarterfinals. We got fifth place. Right, NHSCA. So while I was a while I was a high school or college junior, 
when all this is happening, like people are like, whoa, they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. They were like this young kid coming into our state Mm -hmm. doing this, like recruiting our kids, taking the credit for it, taking credit for our state's success. The old heads didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, you know, I got into the high school game and uh, it, it was definitely a change, right, to coach kids that some of them had never wrestled before. You know, we had a couple kids who were pretty good and then, you know, a little bit in between. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's sorry. I'm like that. That's a big difference from from, you know, the club to the high school. But how are you managing all that? Not even living in Virginia. You know, you're sitting here basically running this club national team while going to school at Michigan State. Um, I had a buddy uh, back in back here in Virginia who had boots on the ground. He was you know, he was just as passionate and love with what we were trying to do as I was. Uh, so that made it a little bit easier, but I'm, I was pretty business savvy for, you know, the, the age I was and where I was. And, um, yeah, I, 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 you can't fake passion. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people saw that, um, right. Like I was 20, 21 years old. I had like $4 in my bank account and I would, still get in the car and drive from Michigan to Virginia to come watch the high school state tournament to recruit for my team. Um, and, and, you know, when I would go there and I would use every dollar I had to buy t-shirts, I would go out and I would hand t-shirts to the state champs, right? Hey, come wrestle for prestige worldwide. We're going to win a national title this year. We put Virginia on the map. The kids got excited. We had cool gear. Um, right. Me and my buddy, Gabe, who's this, you know, uh, the coach, of, we're dumb. We used to wear, sh- uh, we used to wear tuxedos and Jordans to, to <laughs> NHSCA is like really leaned into the whole stepbrothers thing. It was cool. Hey, you know, I'm sure it vibe with some people. I'm sure some kids were like, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This is who I want to wrestle for. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing I really, I wanted to ask you about a controversial take. All right. It's a controversial take. But I think it's one that has healthy dialogue. Um, a while ago, you tweeted that um, kids need to specialize. Yeah, let's go. I know where this is going. <laughs> kids need this to specialize in, in, in sports, specifically wrestling. And if your kid isn't specializing yeah. in high school, like you're, you're, you're missing out or, you know, something of that nature. You're getting left behind. You're getting left yeah, behind. Yeah, you're left behind. Yeah. And, you know, I was like – gosh, there's a, there's a really strong response to this, both for and against. And so I just been like, well, let's, let's hear it because there, there can be, there can be truths in both, you know, but your take was. All right. So here, here's here, here, man, we could go all night here. Uh, No, I meant, so here's the thing, right? Like, like I said, you know, and I'm in Virginia. I run a club. I own a club. Yep. I, I would be, I would be lying if I didn't say that part of my opinion is swayed by the business that I'm in. Right. Mm-hmm. I see, right. I'm not coaching kids who are kind of wanting to be wrestlers. I am coaching kids who have a desire to be elite. Right. And if you are wasting your time going to, pardon my French, a fucking swim team meet in July 
when you should be at Fargo, you're wasting your time. And I get really passionate about this when I talk about this, right? I don't care if you're in eighth grade and you want to play on the middle school football team. You're the fourth string quarterback on your middle school football team. Knock it off, little Johnny. Get to wrestling practice and work on finishing your single leg. Because you can't throw the ball, you might as well finish your single leg. <laughs> I, yeah. I, oh, man. Yeah. And uh, No, but, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, kids are becoming, are developing at a higher rate faster than ever. And if you, right, someone described this to me in my career when I, I, I first got started off, right? So my first job out of college, I was working for an insurance company. And I had a job. I was recruiting and training all of the sales reps across the state. Now, every other, the other 49 states in the country, you either recruited or you trained. Right? And I talked to a guy who he uh, became my mentor at the time. He told me you have these buckets, right? You have 40 hours a week. How much time are you going to put into each bucket? Mm -hmm. And I look at athletics the same way, right? You don't have 40 hours a week. You have I don't know, X amount of hours a week, right? And if you are putting, say you have eight hours, you put two into soccer, two into football, four into wrestling, you stink at soccer. Why not take those two hours out of that bucket and put them into the wrestling bucket, right? You're not playing on your football team because little Johnny's dad is the coach. You should put that time into the wrestling bucket. Right. So I, I think it's all about, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone has different goals. Mm -hmm. My goal is for every kid to st that steps foot into my wrestling club to be elite. I don't want them to be a state placer. I want my kids to make the world team. Is that realistic? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell them every single day that they walk in that room that one day you're going to be an Olympic champion, kid. And I want a true, I believe that I can get them there and they need to do, they need to believe that as well. And how does that belief start an investment of time? So there's my, uh, there's my explanation on my hot take. <laughs> no, I liked it. You know, um, I like to have like a healthy debate, you know, because there are people out there, you know, who think that playing in multiple sports diversifies yourself. It creates, it just gets you exposed. It gets your body used to different aspects. You know, you look at, and, you know, this might be an outlier, but like Patrick Mahomes, you know, the way he throws the football at times, it's like a shortstop and he played baseball really well and, and so on and so forth. And wrestling, if you play football, you know, it helps with these techniques and vice versa and all that. So like, you know, what about people who like to incorporate all the sports or some that they do otherwise into the sport of wrestling? Are you going to college to be an athletics player? I don't think so. I can't throw. I can't catch. I can't run. I can't jump. I won a state title. I wrestled in the Big Ten. Not to say that I'm high and mighty and I'm Kale Sanderson, right? But my path was specialization. And it paid off for me because I wasn't athletic. Right. And I bet probably 50 50. Right. I think 50 percent of kids are athletes. 50 percent aren't. If you're one of those 50 percent who aren't, 
Why are you doing swim team? Why are you doing baseball? Why are you playing soccer? Why are you playing seven sports a year when you could just focus on wrestling and get better at that? You don't have to be a good athlete. You got to work hard, have a positive attitude, right? Live the right lifestyle and the rewards will reap. Yeah, there are obvious outliers, you know, and I think some people were using those outliers as proof that specializing. Adam Adam Kuhn and Mason Paris are not examples. (laughs) They are anomalies. Yeah, you know. You name you you name one person that you know personally who is a Mason Paris of the world, right? A three-star linebacker coming out of high school, but also wins the Dan Hodge trophy. Nobody. You don't know people like that. Those people don't exist. And if they do, we should lock them in cages and replicate them, right? (laughs) Because one day we will have to go to war with some other country. And I want 7,000 Mason Paris's going to war for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, how do I say this? It's good to be aware of maybe your limitations and your expectations. Um, if you want to be a really good wrestler, then yeah. If you're solely going out for soccer to stay in shape, then get into the wrestling room and keep wrestling to stay in you know uh, and i i got this kid in my club i don't want to give too much detail in case they may listen to this right but i got this kid in my club who he is he's talented he's legit he's good he's still young we could still fix it right but he wrestles a couple months a year he plays baseball he plays lacrosse he plays football he plays soccer he does swim team six sports right and he's pretty dang good at all of them he's a good athlete but i am selfish i want him to be a good wrestler right but i can't tell mom and dad you need to quit those sports and stuff my pockets right i can't tell mom and dad that you need to make your kid quit those other five sports and come right be here 365 days a year i would love that Right. I think I, I think that kid could make a world team. But but you're not gonna make a world team wrestling three months a year. Mm -mm. No. You're right, you know. And sometimes it's like the sooner you realize that the the better, you know. Um there are a lot of people I've talked to that have come out and said, you know, I wish I wrestled in the summer. I wish I would have wrestled a little more, you know, and who knows what that would have paid, you know, how much that would have paid off. You know, I had a, I have a kid, I have a kid who uh, he's a freshman this year. He's special. I can go into a little bit more detail about him because I have been very open and honest with him, right? He's a legit soccer player. He's pretty good. He's a freshman this year. If he doesn't make the state finals as a freshman, I'd be shocked, right? He's that good at wrestling. But he went to Super 32. First round, he has to wrestle the number one kid in the country, Joe Bachman. Oof. Oof. Right? And then second round, he has a kid who, kid from Jersey, kid was tough, 
and he walks off the mat and right and I, I I say to him I said I will never tell you to quit soccer never right but what I will tell you is that you were training for super 32 and last week you skipped practice to go to a soccer game oof you wouldn't skip you wouldn't skip a soccer game to go to super 32 would you right and i think that kind of opened his eyes like you know if you want to be at the top you've got to make those sacrifices yeah. and prioritize yeah and that can be tough to hear and i think that's why i wanted to sort of talk about it you know um i think it's important maybe for smaller school kids i'm from a small school um you know they I played four sports. Um, I had fun at all four sports. My goal wasn't to be an Olympic champion, you know? Um, but if you have those aspirations and those goals, you know, um, yeah, you, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, you, you can't be skipping wrestling practice for a soccer game. You know, I, it's tough truth, you know, at times. Well, I'm, I mean, you you tell me one person who has got to the top of anything they do, whether it's wrestling right. or beer drinking, you had to make sacrifices. Yeah. Right? You you know, and and, and my brother, Eric, uh, he's got twin girls. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget this. They were like seven, eight years old at the time. And one of them said the word sacrifice. And they, you know, the other one said, to, so what does that mean? And she said, sacrifice means you give up something you have in order to get something that you want. And when that little eight-year-old eight girl said that to me, that hit, that hit hard. I was like, dang, she gets it. Mm -hmm. She gets it. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what, what you were trying to say in that in that tweet um was hey yeah if you want to be at the top you have to yeah you have to sacrifice other sports and wrestle all year round because that's what those kids are doing at super 32 you're going to run into somebody who has been training all year round for this and not three months out of the year you mean to tell me you're going to beat joe bachman who just spent his summer in Bulgaria right. training with, with those guys, right? After you just got a yellow card for slide tackling a kid, get out of here, bro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess by no means does it seem like you're saying you have to do this, but if you have the highest goals in mind, yeah, then sacrifices have to be made. And that's just the way, that's just the hard truth. That's life. Yeah, right. I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you talked to Eric and you said, he said, you got to get under this, this single sport athlete thing. <laughs> like you got to rip him for it. And I will, I'll take that to my grave. You think that's a hot take? I got a hundred more of them. <laughs> Man, I wish we could. Yeah, you know, we'll have to do this again to get some more of them. But that, that was the one that stood out. So I remember. I feel like it was. 
that was being floated around quite a bit during that time when you said that, like, um, but man, yeah, when you said it, just people just kind of latched on and just, Dude, it was crazy. I remember like I have a day job, right. I, 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 I wish I worked in wrestling full time. Uh, but, uh, I go into a meeting at work and I come out and the tweet has 75,000 views <laughs> and I had, I couldn't even pick up my phone. It was like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Little guy, you know, fat loser 22 on Twitter said, you're an idiot. You know, guy from New Hampshire. Boy, you need to sit down and shut up and dribble your basketball. I'm like, dang, I'm getting roasted. And then you have like six-year-olds being like, I was MVP on my soccer and badminton team. Dang, you got me, dude. You got me. <laughs> uh, it's good we could laugh about it now because, I mean, at the time, I, I can't imagine. Like, I've never had anything go viral, so I don't know what that's like. But uh, yeah, it was – Oh, my wife was so sad. She was like, you need to delete it. They're just going to keep bullying you. And it, I, I, it got to the point – I had to delete it because I couldn't, I couldn't use my phone. Like, it was just like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, that's funny. Um, but obviously, some, some everyone, you know, people are passionate about one way or the other. And, you know, whichever way you choose to go, that's, that's on you. But we know where you stand, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll talk about it all day. I got yeah. examples. You know, we'll, we can go all, we can go all night. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I bet there's probably more examples for you on your side showing people who have sacrificed than there are on the other side who have done dual sports and succeeded at both of them. At some point, you're going to have to choose whether you want to do it mm -hmm. at high school, middle school, or at the collegiate level or professional level. I mean, Julius Peppers had to choose eventually, you know, like Bo Jackson had to choose. Who's, I mean, he got hurt, but still, like, it, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to choose. It's just the way life is. So yeah, I mean, we can't all be Michael Jordan and Barry Sanders going to, you know, we we can't we can't finish a game for the Cowboys and hop in a jet and go play for the Braves or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, I think he might have, was he with the Falcons at that time. Falcons. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. Yeah. See, and, and those are the, those are the one, that's not even 1%. It's like 0.0001%, you know? Well, it's like 7% of athletes play at the division one level. And then like a very small percentage of those people play at the professional. And then, you know, how many people are actually good in the professionals? Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, yeah, well, Hey, thanks for hanging around and, and chatting a little bit about your story and uh, <laughs> your, your take on on one sport. So I don't know. It's been uh, fun. I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> so so I I, I want to leave you with something. All right. So right. I was listening to the uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey podcast this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they had. I was so fired up when I heard this. They're sponsored by Uncrustables. 
Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm a big Uncrustable guy. I love Uncrustable. So I was like, if I had a podcast, I would love for Uncrustable to sponsor me. Now, I leave you with this. If you could pick any brand to sponsor your podcast, who would it be? So um, my one weakness that I love is Mountain Dew. And so okay. can, can Mountain Dew. The bottles are okay, but there's something about a can of Mountain Dew that is just... I don't know, you know, that's just something I uh, crutch, man. You know, I mean, I, do it changed. like candy, if candy has changed, you know, I've like starburst at one point when I was way young, I like butterfingers, but the one constant has always been a can of Mountain Dew. If I am struggling at a long day of a youth wrestling tournament, there's no better pick me up than a, a, a Mountain Dew. That'll just get me going. I will coach the hell out of a six-year-old after a Mountain Dew. So I take it yours would be Uncrustable. Is that what you basically just said? Oh, oh man. Yeah, Uncrustables. I also um, – I love to eat a good – I like Cliff Bars before practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I have a Cliff Bar, but, all, like, it, the, the secret recipe to a, a good, successful, high-energy wrestling practice – is a cliff bar and some Mike and Ike before practice. I get really? a little bit of a sugar high. Oh man, I'm going in there fired up. What what kind of uh cliff bar? Look, look, all right. So I like I found this new one this week. The yeah. cool mint chocolate. Really? Yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. I haven't had that one. I've had like the brownie. You should check it out. Chocolate chip. I like the, academia. the chocolate chip. Chocolate chip is, you know, just a staple in every American household. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the cool mint chocolate. Okay. A game changer. Some days you'll feel great. But some days you'll feel so low. Don't let your sorrows drown into tomorrow's. Take it as it goes. Take it as it goes. What you got? Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Christian Olanowski, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. .my.canva.site And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. We'll see you next time. Someday I'm gonna love you Like the way you deserve Don't let your sorrows Drown your tomorrows Take it as it goes Take it as it goes Take it as it goes Take it as it goes